Good evening. Welcome to another episode of your favorite football podcast. I have here two returning guests. Idris, the old fisty Chelsea fan. And of course, my funny brother, Itata. Welcome back. I'm your yeah. host, Bucci. Today, we're going to review a few things that have gone on in football in the past week. Uh, but most especially, we'll focus on Chelsea, my United game. Um, we will also, you know, try and do a few personal things in the podcast, um, throwing our own little perspective into the game. Um, so before we dive in, I want you all to please subscribe, follow us on our social media handles. Twitter is footy 80 fantasy on Facebook is footy fantasy and on YouTube as well as footy fantasy. And I'll spell that out. It's F O O T I E fantasy F A N T A S Y on Twitter. It's F O O T I E A D F A N T A S Y footy 80 fantasy. So quickly let's dive in. Whew, that was not a great game today. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know where to start. So I will say quickly, um, Idris, tell me what you thought about the game. <laughs> You're already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we we should we should we should be two two up in that game, Imal. I mean, actually three up when there are like three clear chances that on a good day we were clinical. We were good. The one, um, the Arsenal cross for Giroud, somehow we missed that. Uh, Kim Ziyech finally woke up at some point in time in the game and massive save by the hair. And uh, Macy Mao just ran and somehow end product, as soon as he got there, nothing more. So that's Chelsea's story anyway. But my opinion on the game is, as usual, playing against United, um, this specific coach is, uh, I mean, your coach was called uh, Ole. He's very, he stifles other teams. It just is very hard to beat. He's, since he since he got it right, he's, he's, his teams are just hard to break, I think. Well, again, I say that from a Chelsea standpoint, like with an expansive football play, uh, since Sari, Frank, and now Tuchel, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. When you get your chances, you just put them away with a team like Manchester United. I know a lot of people think it's boring. I, I found it very interesting, actually. Mm. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> yeah um, I don't know, uh, Bucci or Idris, Does do you have a medical plan that has retina insurance? Because mine is destroyed. <laughs> that game, I don't want to watch that game again. <laughs> and this is this is this is from a united perspective um and even even i have to push back and say these are two great teams and i remember watching chelsea manchester united i mean from the past i know it's unfair to go back but mm -hmm. i and bucci we, we we go way back when it comes to football this was disappointing clearly disappointing but from both teams, you could you could say Chelsea were watchable. 
I mean, you guys did a few good things, right? United, I don't know. We played like a. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Let me just put it like that. It was. It wasn't good. It wasn't a proper game of football that should come from Manchester United and Chelsea. But Chelsea were the better team. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It was Stamford Bridge, but it was disappointing. It was disappointing, and and Chelsea should have won that game. The yeah. clear chances fell fell to Chelsea. That's right. Um, so yeah, I would I would agree with both of you to an extent regarding um, because I think Chelsea got the better chances, but do I believe that Chelsea deserved to win the game? No, they got what they deserved. They didn't. It was just one clear chance. That's the chance, which was repelled by a wonderful save. Um, on the balance of play, it was a, a, a lot of huffing by Chelsea, but there's, you know, no punch, just huffing and puffing around without punch. That's what I saw. They had better chances. Chelsea should have won the game. Um, United as well should have won the game weirdly because they had a chance at the end of that game. They had a counter where they were three on two with McTominay that if a pass had been played correctly, it would have been a you don't you don't have you don't have Kante, don't worry. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make it don't make it sound like if pass was Kante yeah. exists. No, it wasn't a great pass. But on the balance of play, if anything should have won it, it should it could have been or did anything to win it, it should have been Chelsea. United had only about a 10-minute period before the end of the first half. Where they were in the game, but then after the mm. um, after the uh, second during the second half after the half break, it was just flat. So I would say I was personally, as a United fan, disappointed by my United. They were flat. Um, they, they defended robustly, but they really did not go for the game. They did not. They appeared to have settled for the draw. Um, but I, like I said, Chelsea did not also probe for the win. They didn't seize the initiative in the final third. They didn't do enough in there. They didn't really test the United um, defenders. Uh, that's what I saw. But um, I think there's something I noticed coming into the game. I thought about that. Um, and it was weird that I think even after the result, the Chelsea fans kind of have the same feeling I think they would have been having going into this game. This is a perspective I had that Chelsea looked to be on the upward of the slope. They look to be climbing. They look to be getting, you know, and of course that is easier to say because they are coming from a dead place. They literally could have, the worst thing was for a team like Chelsea would have maybe to have been in the bottom half, but they were really bad. So, but they look like they've come out of that and they look to be coming up. Of course, in the literal sense, they're also getting points, which is great. So um, I think compared to my United, um, I think my United have hit the, you know, they're on the top of their own slope. Not maybe the top of the slope of football, but they might have hit a play two right now. That's what I think. And they're not moving, they're not going down, but they're not either, you know, they're not inspiring that much. Um, you, there's a lot to be positive about, but there's not, there's also enough to be negative about. That's what I'll, I'll say. Uh, what do you guys think, Idris? What do you think? Um, 
Yes, I agree, considering where, where we're coming from in the middle of the season. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's it's kind of like everybody has gone through their rut this season. Like, he, it's like when you start having bad results, it's almost like a disease. It sticks with you for like five, six, seven games. <laughs> then somebody, a contagion, somebody catches that disease and carries it off <laughs> and keeps going. Yeah, it's then somebody else goes through the season. Yeah, like it's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. And it's like when you're in a rut, it's really bad. It's like a flu. You're out and nothing is working, no matter what you do. I mean, like, Man City at the beginning of the season, they were 13th. To think about where they were at the beginning of the season, they were 13th. And we just assumed there's enough games to catch up and it's Pep. He'll figure it out. Or worst case scenario, January is going to come and he'll write any check for anything. <laughs> <laughs> like three, that was what we expected, yeah. right? Yeah. But Chelsea, it was like Chelsea had this massive expectation. And I know a lot of Chelsea fans are going to come for me because they still think I'm like pro Lampard and everything, which I, I, I love I love Lampard. Um, but if you look at the expectation that Chelsea had, but all these people, almost a brand new team when you think about it, right? And there was no preseason. We need to gel. Expectation on the coach. He's had all these boys, all that, all that. And most of the boys were playing, in my own opinion, their first, their second season, because last season was their first full season as seniors, when you think about it, right? So this is the season as sophomore players that they, they have to prove that last season was not a fluke. And if you think about it, we hit that patch in December. Horrible seven games. Coach gets fired, right? Obviously, you get a about but what was tweaked if you notice this Chelsea team was defensive shape it looked more tactically disciplined and in comparison to today's game um you could tell I know you think it's boring and I I see a lot of different battles in in it, watching it which was every time Chelsea attacks yes we often puff a lot every game we watch Chelsea often puff go look at our GX ratio Chelsea creates so many chances Fairly to conversation, uh, conversion, sorry. And that's been previous coaches up till now. And one losing Edgin Hazard was significant because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, Sari got, yeah, Sari, Sari was a good coach, but we just we just have one way of doing things, right? But when, when, if you take out Edgin Hazard from that team, that was 50% of the entire season's goal that was gone from assistant goals, one guy, like literally 50%. So now if you don't have him or have a, a guy like Bruno Fernandes, right? that creates anything or just impacts the goal, you will struggle in the final third, period. But There's the, nothing the, to... The, the, the thing, the thing uh, I would say about that is uh, where I have a problem with that uh, uh, argument. Sometimes it feels like what does Chelsea want? Because, yes, you lost Hazard, but you also have currently Ziyech, who is one of the mm -hmm. most creative players in football in general. Mm -hmm. One of the most mm -hmm. creative wingers or midfielders in Europe. He can, you know, throw in assists with that his deadly left foot. He's a, a version of he had, he had, he had He had glimpses of that in the yeah. beginning of season yeah. with the yeah. previous coach. Pulisic, you know, so yeah, but, but here's the, he, here's the thing. No. Creating a, a cohesive unit. Not a but here's the, case of losing here's Hazard, the thing. for example. They are not firing. Chelsea is the place where attackers come and die. It's a known thing. Everybody knows this. Maybe. From Torres to Mataya Kesman to Crespo to maybe, uh, maybe. Shevchenko, they come, they come to Chelsea and it doesn't work out. It's a known thing for maybe us. It's the, so when, 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 
maybe it's time we, we start giving Pep one, and I mentioned this because um, Lampard proved to me that this idea of giving a coach all the players he wants and he will do wonders, it's not necessarily true because it seems to be that coach, some coaches are struggling with a lot of talent at their disposal. And this guy gets his talent. Some of them gems before he gets them. And, I will, and so I will, I gems and he makes them gems. And, and that's Pep. He seems to be able to I'll, work out that system with what he has sometimes. I will I'll quickly I'll quickly address that with the last coach, then Sarian coach. So I'm not the kind of person that likes an ideal, like an idea, uh, idealistic kind of coach. I'm just an yeah, ideologue, you know, I'm stuck to this thing and damn it, damn if you do whatever, if it's failing, I still stick to it. Bielsa, Bielsa. Bielsa, Sarri. And don't get me wrong, yeah. it doesn't mean they are bad coaches. No, they're it's great coaches. When, yeah. when things go awry and all you're figured out, like in a league like Premier League, it's really tough to get out of that rut because everyone has figured you out and they will come at you. If you, we went on 15 games, 17 games um, on beating streak, Chelsea, under the same whack uh, juvenile coach we had in Frank Lampard. That's right. Experience, literally experience was what killed him. We went 17 games, killing it, then we hit a rut. The guy could not change. So we could see why did we like him last season with a bunch of kids. He was doing everything and anything to make it happen, accommodating players, moving things around. Second season, when he got all his resources, he just got so stuck in that, like, I'm going to play 4-3-3, no matter what it happens, anybody that can't fit in, get out. Man management kicked in. He lost the dressing room or lost some senior players. This guy comes in, looks at what he has. He's a 4-3-3 coach. He's also, he was an ideologue in Mainz. He was decent in Borussia Dortmund. But when he came to where there was money in PSG, Personally, he had to change and manage his egos, manage his resources. He comes to Chelsea, he realizes that like, it's not like these guys are not good. But if you check out, I think, aside Arsenal, maybe United, that was just boogie, a, boogie, a boogie team for Lampard. We were, not re- we're not, we were rarely outplayed. Chelsea was rarely outplayed. You get it. As a Man City that we lost to, we were really outplayed. All just happens that Chelsea will do Chelsea like us now, we will screw ourselves over at the end of the day. But today's game, every time we attacked, we watched out for your counter. And every time you countered, we, we stifled, took the ball back and came back. So playing United, you're aware of the fact that we keep possession, we can attack United, but we're very wary of the fact that if United breaks through, it's a goal. They need one chance. And that game is the lockup. So that, that was why that's what I saw in the game today. Uh... Okay. I think unfortunately this United team today had a few chances. They had a few chances in that armor they should have exploited, but they did not. But uh, I will be honest and say that um, I think um, just to be fair to Frank Lampard and to be fair to all coaches, because um, I think we're still in an honeymoon period for Mr. Tuchel. Um, mm. It's still too early. We saw this with um, when he started, we saw this with Ateta. At this stage in Ateta's job, he couldn't do no wrong. A year later, you know, so let's give the man a year. It might just be a bounce. The Premier League is one of those leagues where when they find about seven, nine okay. game bounce. It's okay. Abitata, what do you think? Nine game bounce. Ole Gunnar Sosha no. had a 15 game bounce. I mean, I'm not saying Ole Gunnar Sosha is a bad coach or whatever, but I'm saying that if you compare the stats to now, you would see what I mean. That there's a big difference. So mm. sometimes 
it's the same thing with Lampard. Lampard that is being crucified today, I think, was just an inexperienced coach who COVID caught up with. I think the schedule was bad on him. He didn't have time to, you know, gel all those multi-million players and maybe he couldn't manage them. I'm just making a, a case for him. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. A lot of people think he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad coach. No, I honestly I think, think it was... Just he was I, think, I think it was inexperienced yeah. because uh, when, when uh, the rot came, it, it didn't change. But go ahead, Itata, sorry. No, I'm just saying uh, Lampard's coach, I wouldn't say he's a good or bad coach. I would say he's a 40, he was a 14 head coach. How does Lampard get the Chelsea job? That one today. Yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I know... Maybe there is an uncle somewhere. I, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to mention names. But uh, Harry, how, Harry. How, yeah, yeah. But how does Lampard get the the coaching job at Chelsea? It's it's questionable I... for me because take for instance, see Stevie G. You see the part Gerard is going. Eventually, he will get the, the Liverpool job and it will be deserved. You understand? Mm -hmm. It was too early. It, in my opinion, it was too early. You understand? Like Chelsea, whether you like it or not, Chelsea is an elite team. They've won the European Champions League. You can't take it away from that. And there are certain conversations that will be had. Arsenal wouldn't be mentioned in that conversation, but Chelsea would because of big years. That's a huge trophy. A team that has won... Yeah, a team, a team like Chelsea, I didn't expect Lampard to get the job. I, I have to be honest with you. I said it's 2020, and I can I personally understand why I got the job. And I know a lot of Chelsea fans would be like, no, you just because you're you're you a Sari out guy and you wanted Lampard. I will explain why. When Sari decided to leave, he knew he was going to get fired at some point. He saw the writing on the wall. Because the fan base was divided and very toxic. Because a lot of all of us are liked Conte, but also did not like the way Conte related with the board and he was toxic because he wanted to make his points, you know. And we didn't like we didn't we, we like that he won he won for us right but we just didn't like the way things were going on board our coach so he leaves and Sari comes in and in the beginning it was beautiful but when we start hitting patches and we realized that Sari was a he was just this ideologue Chelsea was not Chelsea fans are not used to that you know what I mean Chelsea fans are not used to that ideological way of play like we want we want to win however we win we want to win you get that's that's the Chelsea way then the Sari thing, he left to Juventus. Then we had Lampard coming. What everybody's forgetting is we had a transfer ban. All the coaches that were available for us to hire were fired. We, we had fired them, <laughs> aside Allegri. <laughs> you know what I mean? And well, then. And, and, and it's, a, it's a club that you just mentioned. It's a big club, but it's a club that every coach knows you come here and get fired. It's a known thing. You come here yeah. and get fired. So who wanted to take the job that inevitably gets you fired without a transfer kitty? You know what I mean? So Lampard coming in at that time in a toxic fan base at that moment was just the right guy. And he finished fourth. He, to me, he overpunched his way. Now we thought if he got, got um, um, resources, he'll be better. And to be honest, in my opinion, things are going well to that patch. But you could see that we needed to be structured but yeah, so my point is Lampard comes, steadies the ship, finishes fourth, yeah. and is allowed to continue a, a brand new season. Fair enough, fair enough. That's fair my, enough. my point is, my point is, either way, I, Lampard was not qualified for the job. His fortune 
But he wasn't qualified for the job. In yeah. my opinion. I mean, you understand. It's not yeah. wrong. It's okay. not wrong. Okay, no, no. let's move on. Let's uh, because I don't think we'll get a, an agreement on that one because Idris. Oh no, I'm in yeah. agreement with him. I'm in yeah. agreement with yeah, him yeah. in terms of yeah. hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I, I think um, okay, since we're in agreement, then I think we can move on and uh, talk about something that is a little bit uh, you know, it's the main thing of the week. Um, this week we normally do our you know kudos and donkeys of the week. But I think uh, a big uh, issue came up. Um, I don't know if it depends on your own perspective, if it's a donkey of the week or kudo of the week moment, but I think it's a big moment of the week. And I want us to talk about that. Uh, and that was uh, the LeBron Zatan issue. It's a pseudo issue connected to football directly through um, Zlatan. And, Indirectly, because a lot of footballers are involved in some of these things that um, Zlatan called out. Um, good example is Marcus Rashford. And um, so I wanted us to talk about it. And I just wanted to grab our perspectives about what Zlatan said. Basically, Zlatan said, and I'm paraphrasing from what I saw on video, that he doesn't like it when successful sportsmen get involved in politics. The statement was ambiguous because um, he didn't specify what kind of politics or what you know, he means by politics. But he also went ahead to say that they should stick to what they're good in, that he's good in football and sticks to that, and that they should stick to what they're good at. And which, of course, LeBron responded to saying he wouldn't stop talking that he does a lot of good with what he does and he takes care of you know, a lot of children and he's going to keep speaking on that. Um, there's been a lot of um, talk about that, but I wanted to hear from you guys. What, what do you guys think? So I'll start with you, Itata. Well, I would say, I would, I would begin by saying, um, and this is a, this is a general advice to, to the human race. If you are not educated about a topic and you don't have a background knowledge about an issue, please do not comment on it. Um, and I, I don't know how it's going to be taken on this podcast, but I'm I'm going to speak I'm going to speak my mind. Um, black to be black is a, is a big thing in the spectrum of existence, and only black people can relate to what I'm saying. And I find it insulting when any other person other than a black folk tries to address an issue concerning black people and trying to address that issue from the angle of being an authority in that issue um it's all it's almost like a false solution because you don't walk that path and you don't know what it is um black people face genuine daily life struggle every day black people who can hold up to it and even more so black people with excellence. And I can tell you now, Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z, they face struggles just by being who they are. There are levels to this thing. It is a real issue in life. And unfortunately, we are not people who really uh, have a voice. And the only people who have a voice for us are people who are seen. These big, powerful sportsmen, entertainers, 
And we should be grateful that they at all try to raise their voice to address issues. I think Zlatan even speaking, he, he is speaking from the ignorant innocence of being a white man and cannot, cannot really understand the struggle that black people face. For LeBron James, using his status as right now the face of basketball and addressing issues he will be listened to compared to if it is Bucci, Idris, or Itata talking. So we as Black people do appreciate if, if LeBron James uses his platform to help, be it, be it that he's building schools or providing scholarships or speaking ag against social injustice. We do accept it. What, who is Latin to question that? You know, mm. I understand. I understand uh, you. You. I understand you have to be uh, stick to what you're good at, but the black struggle is a different thing. And if a black person who is successful has a platform to speak and liberate his people, he should go ahead and do it. And I don't even think a fellow black man is qualified to tell him to stop. So that's my position on it. Zlatan is. Is might be miseducated. Maybe he's not educated at all on on issues, real issues of life, and history. You understand? Maybe he irony. doesn't know that. That's the yeah, irony maybe. of it. That's the irony of it. The biggest irony is that Vatan Ibrahimovic. I call his full name for a reason, because Zatan is well educated in the struggles of minorities is educated in the issues with politics. Zatan is from old Yugoslavia. He was born in old Yugoslavia in that region. He's a refugee. Um, I'm not saying this to slight him or, or anything. I'm only mentioning that because this is a story. Um, I've had a few friends that were in that region. That, so I, I don't know his full experience, but I've had a few friends that were in that region. and I. Um, and I know what they said about having to flee, and you know the the stories they said about bigotry and atrocities that were committed in those areas and their experiences is jarring. It was one of the things that I, when I heard about it firsthand from people that went through it, I was shocked. And I mentioned that because that's who Zlatan is. Zlatan is a refugee that experienced um, from what I've heard. Islamophobia as a kid and bullying as a kid for his ethnicity. And so you would think that he might be someone that would be speaking on some of the issues that of Islamophobia that European Muslims, for example, faced, because that's an issue that might be related to him. But he, he has the privilege. That's the thing that um, I think um, Zlatan did wrong where was that he has the privilege and the right of choice not to speak, he has the privilege of being wealthy and having escaped that doesn't affect him, so he doesn't have to be bothered. But people should also forget, they should not forget that footballers are not human beings, are human beings. They haven't lost their rights or their humanity. We shouldn't dehumanize them. We shouldn't keep them away from doing what any other human being would do. And I think politics, the, the choice of being Politics or not will is a basic human right, and um, every footballer should, you know, 
or sportsman in this case should do what they want. Uh, Idris, what do you think? Um, I second everything um, you said and Itata said. Um, he's a lived experienced person. Um, so him saying uh, these things is a, it's it's kind of like you lived through it. What is it that you don't get? You know. Um, also, when it comes to black issues, I I I um, I realize people always feel as if like it's it's dismissible. You know what I mean? Like it's something that like, oh yeah, they come again with their their stuff, and and. I, 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 I don't even want to say, let me play devil's advocate. I would just, I would say, maybe because um, when you tune in, you want to watch a football game, a basketball game, the last thing you're really thinking about is politics, right? So you're of the impression that this is your escape. Then now when you see something that is not the norm, you, 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 you kind of have, uh, it rubs you up the wrong way if it's not from the community or your school of thought. You get where I'm coming from. But then when you think about it, um, the persons and what, especially in the mold of North America, right? Um, the persons who are speaking out are potentially not going to be available for you to watch next week if they don't speak out. The consequences of being Black is death, period. The fact people don't grasp this thing is the reason why people still need to make noise about it. You know, I can love Marcus Rashford. I can love even Tammy Abraham. I can love LeBron James. They can be pulled over tomorrow, shot. And that's the end. That's, that's one, that's 100%. That's, that's a real, you, you know, that's as real as you can get. As you can get. And and, and, and and for and me, that, I, I'm sorry. Rash, that Rashford will wake up tomorrow and see racist um, messages. Exactly. Social media. And, well, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And 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 even in our forum, we've mm -hmm. we've we've gone back and forth with certain certain folks who are not um, black. And uh, I had the opportunity to chat with one guy one on one outside because I was really kind of irritated when we were having another conversation about about um I can't remember, was it BLM issues in the states and I, I remember i remember um when we when we talked off the whole group chat um it was it was actually interesting to see where the person was coming from right and 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 that's why i second what that i said that like if you if you hear an issue that you do not know about it's always good to leave it where it is rather than and try to learn and understand where people are coming from rather than immediately take a, a, a biased sure. approach to a topic that you don't even know about. For me, there's so many things uh, from the rainbow flag to the poppy that they wear. To even, I remember when I was even saying something on the chat and everybody got mad at me saying because obviously they saw my Muslim name and they just assumed that I supported Saudi Arabia when, uh, when Australia was having a minute silence, if you remember. And I was trying to be like, hey, um, if we're going to pick sides, what about when people um, decided not to wear the poppy? Because to some, to demand the magic of Manchester United, it meant something different for his mm -hmm. people who are Serbians, right? 
versus in the country where he works. And he's not, you know, he's not disrespectful. It was a good dialogue to understand, listen to the person. And as again, I come back to it that I say, I just picked the like, hmm, nice perspective there. I appreciate being able to read about that. But I didn't pick a side. The Saudi Australia side is like, nice perspective there. I see what happened. Could have been handled differently. I never picked the side, but the thing just degenerated into like what Zlatan would say, shut up and dribble. He didn't say that I'm paraphrasing, right? Mm -hmm. Shut yeah. up and dribble. Same thing with all oh, these Muslims are not respectful of this culture in uh, Australia. And you're just like, guys, like, you know, do you know in the Arab world, they don't really, um, and I could be wrong about this, but I know they don't really do minute silence or stuff for the dead. It's not part of their culture, culture. and beliefs. So we are telling them to be part of something that is not their way of life. The best thing will have been, okay, can we have a conversation like, let, we want to do this thing before the game, or maybe you guys can come after we finish. You know, those kind of conversation. But when people descend into the, the conversation without understanding where people and stuff are coming from, that's a foot-to-mouth scenario situation that Zlatan finds himself. And I really, really agree with Itata based on, if you don't know a topic, if you're not, if you're not sure of what something's going, just, just leave it where it is and move on. You know, um, I'm I'm very very glad I asked you guys about this because there's there's something I got, you know, when I had what you guys said and um, what I think, and that is um, it's such a statement about learn about something or if you don't know ask. Actually, it hits at the heart of the fact that social media is full of a lot of um, ignorance. A lot of people just talking out of tone. Um, the other thing as well is this, this thing you mentioned about like it's not just LeBron for example that has done it mm. it's not just even a certain race of people that have done it you can see the yep. poppy thing you mentioned it's political but Matic has done it that guy of um, um, that Irish guy the Northern Irish guy, the player, has done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. McLean. I believe his name is McLean. I'm not sure, but that's, I think that's his name. I remember the, yeah, the Northern Irish player, yeah. Yeah. So the thing, it's not even about one person's politics. It's about let anyone, if you're a superstar, you want to use your platform to speak about an issue that affects you, please do. My pleasure. Right. Because there's another right. part of it that we forget. It's one of the things, uh, you know, I'm sorry to bring in a little bit of legal stuff into this, but for example, one of the things the Supreme Court once said was that uh, in that DC United case, or Citizens United case, excuse me, they said that money, how you spend your money is part of your free speech right. So if you want to, if you are rich and you want to spend your money paying for people to do something, to say something, or you want to use your resources to you know, do something. It's a right. It's not, it's not, you can't even stop it. That's why rich people are allowed to donate, do whatever they want with their money politically. So why do you not want to stop one set of rich people from doing it one way and then, but the other part, they're letting another part do it. So I think of all of these things as resources, like you said, they have a platform and they can use it anyhow they want to. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think it's a good point to wrap up. Um, a bit quickly before we go, um, is anyone looking forward to anything this week in football? Any, any games, anything you're looking forward to? 
I, I, I personally think uh, asking a Manchester United fan for what he's looking forward to in football after watching that is a problem. It's <laughs> 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 a problem. Um, I'm, I'm blacked out. So what I'm going to do, I'll probably have something, someone negotiate so I can get live streams of Ludo from Nigeria. I'll be watching live, live Ludo games. <laughs> <laughs> it is what about you? Uh, for me, it's just I think there's a Champions there's Champions League next week, right? No. Uh, or Europa, Europa. No, you guys have uh, Liverpool. Liverpool are playing Chelsea on Thursday also. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. What am I saying? Like yeah, because this on FPL, this is a double game. Yeah, thing, this is a right? double so that's the only. Game. Yeah, yeah, FPL is all I care about Chelsea right now. Yeah, we, we're, play, we're playing Liverpool on Thursday or so. That's right. On yeah, Thursday. I believe so. But there's a, I'm just looking at anybody I picked for my double game this week. That's all I care about. Oh, I'm God. selling I'm selling Salah the moment transfer window. Because oh, that guy's been useless. I can't oh, stand him anymore. <laughs> I've been right, hoping guys, I, uh, <laughs> I got to cut it off here now. I, I understand. <laughs> we're already out of time. I wish we could be here a little bit longer. Um, follow us on... YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Footy Fantasy on YouTube and Facebook. On Twitter, it is Footy 80 Fantasy. Please subscribe. Give us your likes. And if you have any reaction or whatever, we love the comments. We want to hear from you guys. It was nice having you. And uh, it was a pleasure, Idris. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you.